Welcome to the Kane Violation. I'm the host of this program, Sam Kane, and with me is longtime guest, calling in all the way from the outskirts of Boston, cousin Alex. What's going on, Alex? What's going on, Sam? Thanks for having me on again. Of course, man. But our team is the Washington Wizards, twenty-nine and thirty-five. 11th in the East. These guys are a shoe-in for the play-in tournament. I mean, every year is a play-in year for the Wizards. They haven't finished above 8th place since the 2016-2017 season. Oh. Yeah. Pretty, <laughs> pretty mediocre. Awful. I didn't even know that. Yep. So... Uh, I I want to talk a little bit about last night's game against the Clippers, but first let's discuss the guy who uh, hasn't even been on the court. He's the highest paid and longest tenured player on the team, and that would be Bradley Beal. Alex, why the hell do you think Bradley Beal <laughs> wants to stay on the Wizards? I honestly don't get it. Um, I feel like it'd be good for both sides if, you know, if they made a change, like, I think he could use a change of scenery and I think they could also, you know, use the assets that they could retain by trading him. So I'm not really sure, um, why they wouldn't just trade him while they could, but I, I know they want to keep him long-term. I believe they're going to sign him long-term and I don't know really what he's thinking because they're never going to be a real contender as long as he's the best player on the team. Um, so I'm not really sure what his mindset is. It's kind of weird. I never understand it. I know. And it seems like what the media is trying to float out there is that like, oh, he has such a, a good relationship with the front office. But like, I mean, anyone can can see like this. This team's going nowhere. They're not going to win a championship in four years or I don't know. <laughs> probably even like 10 years but i don't know a lot can change but beal he's nearly 30 he's got like maybe like four or five years left in his prime so why why does he want to stay on this team well here's my theory i think maybe he has like a really dope house in the washington metro area that has like a, a really nice in-ground pool. It's got like a like a water slide and everything like attached to the house. In fact, it's probably just like the house in blank check. He he probably has a house like Preston Waters in blank check, and it's just too good to give up. And it's probably like I don't want to move. I like it here. So I don't know the way. The Wizards front office is running this franchise. <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, it's it's really pathetic. But it, I will push back on that a little bit because I think if Chris Stapps ends up being good, I think that, that could have been a, a really good trade for them because even though Dinwiddie is playing really well and, you know, Berton's kind of sucks, but he's playing decent in Dallas too. But I know that Dinwiddie's playing well, so it kind of looks... Not great right now, but Chris Tapps has been a beast for them so far in his two games. And I know. If, if you know if Beal ever comes back to you know being prime Beal, then that's that's a decent like 
one two like two three punch that they're just pretending is a one two punch but then kuzma's been really good too so last night's game was actually really close uh for the whiz now i watched a replay of the game because you know i sure as hell ain't staying up till 2 a.m to watch denny avdia you know so um i already knew who won ahead of time and uh it was the clippers which by i watched the clippers broadcast they they kept talking about reggie jackson's pb and j bites that he was giving out to the crowd so i guess every time reggie what? jackson uh is at the free throw line the crowd gets free bags of of PB and J bites and on the bag is like Reggie Jackson like a picture of Reggie Jackson what? it sounds made up but I, I swear this is what they were saying they showed the bag and everything but like every time Reggie Jackson made a basket they were like oh he must have the PB and J bites in his pocket oh my god <laughs> just like what the hell is this he's he's really good though I love him. He has been balling. He's he's mm-hmm. been entertaining. You can have you can have the PB and J bite story if you're playing like him. <laughs> but if you're playing like old Reggie Jackson, it wouldn't work as well. Yeah, Pistons Reggie Jackson, what a disaster! Like that. Usually, when a player gets bought out in his twenties, he'll never get a contract above ten million dollars again. But somehow, Reggie Jackson managed to do that, which is yeah. The buyout is usually like. Kiss of Death, like Andre yeah. Drummond, Blake Kemba. Griffin, DeAndre, yep, Kemba. Yep, it's usually a bad sign. Yep, they usually get bought out, and then they just go ring chase, and then they suck. Yeah, but uh, last night, there were two minutes left in the third quarter, and the Wizards were up nine. They were doing pretty well, and then... Uh, with less than a minute left in the quarter, the Wizards were still up 10. So I'm thinking, like, man, did the Wizards really blow this game? Like, do I need to double-check the final score again? Did I see it wrong? Um, and then the Clippers go on an 8-0 run to end the quarter, <laughs> which included two threes by Luke Kennard. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty bad. And then I'm pretty sure it was three minutes left in the game. The Wizards were up five. And uh, Kuzma and Porzingis, who really seem to be nowhere on the same wavelength yet, uh, caused a very embarrassing turnover. I think Porzingis thought he was, uh, Porzingis thought Kuzma was going to cut one way guess completely wrong and then just slowly lobbed a pass to a wide open fan in the front row and that was that and uh and and during that like three other wizards were on the court just like not even bothering to help Porzingis who was clearly looking to get rid of the ball like the other guys were just standing there at the three point line <laughs> like what what are they doing it was so cringeworthy and um then uh yeah what am i talking about they stuck yeah yeah they they really blew this game 
They were up five with um, with less than three minutes. And at one point, Nick Batum hits a wide-open three. And um, Porzingis, he tries to tie the game at the end. Misses a mid-ranger. Wizards have to foul. And... Uh, then uh, that was really it. the The cameraman shows a close up of Porzingis. He just like mouths the word "shit" very obviously, and that was really it. They, they ended up losing. Um, yeah, so. he's got to be like, "Fuck, my career took a terrible turn." Yeah, I. But the thing is, he played pretty well for most of the game. Like, yeah, he he's played great in the two games he's been there. So yeah, maybe it'll be it'll be a good thing for him to kind of just be like the focal point. Yeah, and they're they're really trying to limit his minutes. He's playing less than twenty five minutes a night. I think that's what they mentioned. They're trying to keep it under. So it was strange. They took him out midway through the fourth quarter, like with seven minutes left. And then they put him back in with three minutes left. So they're they're doing a lot of finagling with the lineups. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he looked really good in the first half. I gotta say, and it would be like really hilarious if like he, he just ends up being the same player he was on the Knicks. I can't even imagine. That would be crazy. He was so good on the Knicks, but you know, you never know. And you know, it's uh, like if he gets healthy, then I wouldn't be surprised by anything. Like he is pretty naturally talented. He's seven three, can do a lot of things. So nothing would surprise me with him. Like I could see him like not playing next year, like going like getting injured and just being gone forever. Or I could see him being like third team All NBA next year. Yeah, who, who knows? But I, mean, I would be interested to see it. Like I'm excited. I hope they get into the play-in game. It seems like they'll get to it. But yeah, so right now it would be Raptors, Hawks, and then Nets, Hornets. Yep. So the Wizards are on the outside looking in. Somehow, even though the Eastern Conference is a lot better than it has been in the past, so it's. You know, not the most embarrassing thing in the world, but they, um, I don't know if they can make it, to be honest. So, how crazy is it that, uh, Kuzma leaves the Wizards in rebounding per game? Uh, yeah, Kuzma, he, he's, he's had good games. I just, I can't take him seriously, though. I mean, one minute he'll look like no. Durant, the next he'll look like, uh, Jared Jeffries or like a young JaVale or something like that. So it's, he was on the Wizards. Yeah, there's something about him that you just like you, you really can't take seriously as like a, on a contending team. Even though he averages seventeen, eight, and three, which is really good. Yeah, it is. It's you, just You think he'll ever be an all star? No. Nah. All star would be like his max too. That would be like pretty much the best he could possibly do is like be a fringe all star. Yeah. Like uh, I could see him being like, like having an Andrew Wiggins type year sometime in the future, where it's like, oh, he's a starting All Star, but he kind of sucks. And not not a huge fan. 
Um, so yeah, Kuzma, we'll we'll see how he does. Then they got uh, KCP. I call him uh, Caldwell Choke because he's just he's a chucker. He he misses a lot of threes. Although he's actually shooting thirty nine percent from three this year, which doesn't really make sense. You look at the box scores from this year, and he's gone zero for five multiple times from behind the arc. Yep, uh, sounds like him. Yeah, his contract is partially guaranteed next year. It doesn't say how much, though. I don't know if they'll bring him back or not. Maybe they will. Do you know that Kuzma's played um, with Caldwell Pope every year of his career so far? They've what? been teammates every every year because... I think they both went to the Lakers at the same time, and then they just got traded together. Oh, yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because Caldwell Pope... That trade ended up being awful for the Lakers. Holy cow. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's horrible. Yeah, I was looking at their box score. They have Austin Reeves starting. They have him playing like 30 minutes a game. It's like they totally struck out on their vet minimum signings. They're not giving them anything. Yeah, remember like uh, before the season when they made all those signings, it was like there was so many dumbass NBA Twitter people who were just saying, you know, chalk it up. Let's like just fast forward to Nets-Lakers finals. (laughs) Like I don't know how anyone competes with these teams because the Nets brought in like LaMarcus Aldridge. And then, or, uh, no, I think it was, like, Patty Mills. Like, Patty Mills was, like, the prize signing for them. It was going to put them over the top. And then the Lakers signed Kendrick Nunn, and everyone thought they were going to be the 96 Bulls all of a sudden. Yeah, how many games has he played in this year? Zero. Um, Yeah, and it's not like any of the other signings were any good either. I mean, Russell Westbrook, Westbrook is just a complete train wreck. And he's getting bodied by Skip Bayless. Oh my god. Yeah. I I saw the article about like how Westbrook's really hurt by all the hate he's getting. I mean, it, he shouldn't be getting death threats, obviously. Yeah. But he should be getting flack for the way he's played. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so torn on that because it's like on one hand, yeah, definitely like you shouldn't be like literally threatened and have like your family threatened. <laughs> <laughs> that also might be like over dramatic and like death threats. Like, yeah, you have to see some receipts on that just to make sure of that. But I, on the other hand, it's like, yeah, you're also getting paid forty million, and you're delusional about your role, and you know you won't ever admit that you're playing bad. Just no. I feel like a little humility would do him do him well. You know, if you just after a game just owned it, everyone would probably just leave him alone. Would be my guess. I know. But, like apparently he refuses to change the way he plays, and I think it's pretty funny how the Lakers front office was just like, "No, you told us to trade for this guy, LeBron. <laughs> you deal with it. We're not giving up any more assets." Yeah, it's funny how the team's being run by Clutch Sports and then also just the team. It's like two different entities. It really is when you think about it. You have like the old Lakers brass. And then you have, like, LeBron's 
team, basically. It's like Clutch and all those folks. Yeah, his state his statement that he said he was like dedicated to the Lakers, that definitely seemed like they talked to him and said that he like they can't just take over the team like they do in every other city they're in. What what's it like up in Boston right now? Are 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 the Celtic fans actually like a lot more perkier than they were before or are they still skeptical? Yeah, there's a lot of positive buzz around here right now, around this team. It's it's just much more of a fun team to watch compared to what was going on like five months ago. It's the craziest turnaround I've seen for this team ever. And yeah, the general consensus is that this team is very likable and it's kind of must watch now every single night. Like we have, you have to watch Tatum every night now because he might go for fifty at any point. I know it's it's so different. I mean, at the beginning of the year, I really did not like the team, and then midway through, I was like, "This is the worst Celtics team, like the the least likable Celtics team since I started watching them religiously in like uh, twenty eleven." But now. That can't be the case now. They're, <laughs> they've been, like, so good this past month. They've been great. Yeah. They've been beating the shit out of teams. They've been bullying good teams. Like, they just bullied the Hornets last night. Yeah, it's... And that, that's a pretty solid team, even though they just got crushed by the Nets. But, you know, we kind of just took it to the Nets on Sunday as well. So, they're, they're kind of just running through everyone. And the schedule is about to get really tough, so, you know, we'll see. But... Um, if they can get through this West Coast trip coming up and just kind of blow all the teams out, I think they'll be like a top three contender in the league. Who's the juggernaut team? There there really isn't an obvious one. There's a lot of good teams, but there's not like the 2017 Warriors out there to go up against. So No, yeah, it's wide open. Yeah, and we almost made it there a couple of years ago, and now we got mostly the same guys like it's it's actually pretty crazy like when you think about it like the 20 2018 2019 team we have like at least seven guys from that team like yeah all all the key guys are either under contract through like 2025 i think or like a couple of them are through contract through 2024 so it's like Pritchard, I think, is like the first free agent coming up that like plays. Basically. I think it's Grant, actually. Oh, it's Grant or probably Tice. But Tice maybe has just next year because I know Grant and Pritchard would have like rookie options, so it might be different for them than Tice. But like, well, Ty- Tice is under contract for four more years after, four or three more, more I was... three more after this. Oh, I thought it was a three-year deal, and he was under contract this year, then next year, and then the next year was like a player option or whatever. That doesn't matter because he would take it. But wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I think it's four. Let me double check. Uh... But either way, that's fine. Yep. I'll take four. that. You know, like whatever. He's he's not old. Yeah. So I yeah. think I think what's like clearly important to Brad and Ime is continuity, probably because of like the the scheme and you know it requires some understanding and like experience so instead of like you know bringing in new free agents every year i think they cared about getting Derek white specifically and maybe even tice because they're under contract for like three more years each let's uh 
let's talk about the new Batman movie. Now, you yep. texted me asking me if I saw it, and uh, the, you said that you really liked it. And I was like, okay, because I really trust your movie opinion or everything. You know, if it's someone from like high school that I haven't talked to in three years, and they're like, see the new Batman. So I would be like, yeah, okay, whatever. But <laughs> when you when you said that it was really good, I was like, okay, all right. I, I was already planning on seeing it because my wife wanted to see it. So we saw it. Um, I guess, did you see it on like, Thursday night, so yeah, you saw it like right when it opened. Night. Okay, because <laughs> yes, I, I saw it Friday. I saw it on Friday, so you know I was like, all right, I, I I did not really know what I was in for, but you know, the the first like twenty minutes of the movie, I was like, oh my god, I'm I'm getting a lot of uh, like seven vibes, uh, Sin City as well. Similar to the uh, the Batman animated series in the nineties, I'd say that it was the the movie that's that um, is is closest to that. I'd say so Absolutely. so far. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if you the, ever watched movie, watched those. I I used to watch it. Yeah, it definitely is a lot more like that. I thought it was. My, it's definitely my favorite Batman live action movie for sure and overall movie as well none of the animated ones even come close to that for me i just mm-hmm. the like i know we talked about this already but the um like just the vibe of this one was so much more gotham and i'm not like a comic book i'm not the biggest comic book guy but i do like all the batmans i watch all the animated movies i don't read the comics but it was just the most like that's how i picture gotham when i think of it more so than like in the Dark Knight when it was just like Chicago, <laughs> yeah, and basically. In, like t- in Tim Burton's Batman, it was just like, it was, like the Batman and Batman Returns. Tim Burton movies are really good, but mm-hmm. it's, just, it's Tim Burton, you know. I'd, like, I like it doesn't feel like a real place. Yeah, exactly. No. It's like I think like Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands. I think like it takes place in that type of world where it's not like a real world. Like it's it's like uh, and I don't care about like a real world thing. I just want it to be like. A cool like like Sin City is a great example because it's obviously not a real world, but I love like the vibe of that world. It has such a specific tone and feel, and like all the characters like make sense in it. And yeah. I thought this one like just the like Batman being much more of a recluse, like kind of weirdo, like psychopath, where it's like oh, it's not like Christian Bale like with like ten models on a yacht. Nope. like being a playboy and just like doing batman for fun and like he's he like he didn't really christian bell didn't really capture like the tortured batman like robert pattinson did where he like genuinely seemed like he was like mentally ill which is what he was he was a playboy but like they like his real persona was like or at least for everything i've seen i've seen like probably like 10 or 12 like batman related movies probably a little more and it seems like it may, it's always better when he's, like, more of a weirdo who, like, kind of hates himself for, like, what he is, but, like, can't help what he is, basically. Mm-hmm. And Pattinson was perfect for that. Yeah. Yeah, he seemed very, very tortured. Which you need to be for, like, a, a Batman, like, 
for a guy who dresses up as a bat and goes and beats people up, like you have to be like deranged. Yeah, you do. And and I think they they allude to that as well that he uh there's something something wrong with him for wearing a bat suit. And because none of the, the other villains are wearing costumes or anything. You don't see the Riddler wearing anything. And... No, it was it was like just enough where like the it was cool cuz the way that the other characters talked about characters like it was very comic booky. Like mm-hmm. the John Turturro is the Carmine Falcone, which he was amazing. Um, when he was talking about the Riddler, it was like such a comic book tone to the way he talks. Like he calls him the Riddler, and like it's it's very like oh the new like villain in town, you know. But like he's just like they portray him as like just a like a serial killer basically, which I thought was a really cool touch. And the way that the cops treat Batman was perfect. Like he he's allowed to be in the crime scenes like investigating and he's like helpful to them but he only answers to jim gordon and no one else really has a relationship in the police force and they like trust him but they don't really Mm -hmm. i thought the the dark knight movies and the batman begins movies like the cops hated batman way too much they did they did like for for how much he did to save them constantly he was always like which he's like a villain but like for the most part the cops like they they like allow him to do his thing and like be a detective. They don't like actively go after him all the time. So I thought that I thought that was cool. Like when he would walk into crime scenes, he was so big, and like everyone would look at him and be like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, he was just so much smarter than everyone. And he would actually like help them out, and I, I thought that it was just so cool because it was like just a detective movie, but with this big bat. And another thing I really appreciated was. Uh... The fight sequences, they kind of pulled the camera out a little bit. And I just, I can't stand movies that are just so zoomed in to the action when people are fighting and it's cut, 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 cut to this angle. It's like, I don't even know what's happening right now. Yeah, like, We're punch, zoomed in on... Around, punch, kick. Like, it, yeah, it's like, uh, but then the sequence where uh, Batman goes into the nightclub, you see him fight like 12 different people. It's it's done in one take. The camera's pulled out, and it's choreographed really nicely, and it doesn't look fake either. He's It looks like he's really hitting them, too. That can be another issue sometimes, you know, if you're trying yep. to do things in one take, and they pull it off, and it's like, yes, yes, this is, you know, <laughs> what all all fight sequences should be, in my opinion, if you're really going for it. And then I got to say... The uh the car chase sequence as well. That was amazing. So well done. No, the, the, mm-hmm. Not using too much CGI. Obviously for the fire they were, but um the, the using real cars, actually flipping over real cars and everything. And I I like the the vulnerability of Batman as well. Like you know still didn't have everything down perfectly like i think the batmobile stalls out at the beginning of the um the action uh or the car chase sequence or maybe maybe he's just revving it up trying to scare the penguin he was <laughs> that's actually i never thought of that i thought he was revving it but do you, like that would have actually that actually be hilarious if he was just like trying to start it up <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like god damn it what the I think it was like year one, or like you know, Batman Year One, the 
Frank Miller. It was a graphic novel comic book. I don't know. Okay. I don't fucking know. But um, it was Frank Miller wrote it with another guy, I think. And it was like Batman's first year. He was young. He didn't have like that many gadgets. Like he still didn't have like all the all his weapons and all his shit down yet. Like I think this was supposed to be like not year two, but like I think he's like supposed to be relatively early on in the Batman stage of his life. Right. I, I don't think he has like the Christian Bale like I mean Christian like he was using like spaceships and like <laughs> like devices that were like not even like oh just drove me and Chris Nolan just drove me uh, drove me insane like he was trying to keep it in the real world but then some of his like technology was like that stuff would cost way more than he's worth like he's a billionaire but oh my god that stuff is like. It's about the highest tech stuff you could possibly have. And I, I liked how he didn't have any of that stupid shit in this one, you know? It was like, he had a couple of his, like, gadgets, but he was mostly just, like, a bare-knuckle brawler, which is, like, where he's at his coolest. Like, Christian Bale is, like, one of the best actors ever, but could you picture him, like, in this movie? Like it, No. Like, it just doesn't make any sense, you know? Like, there's some like some of the best scenes are just the ones where he's Bruce, and he's, like, talking to Falcone about, like, his dad, or, um... When he's talking to Alfred, after Alfred got like blown up, but um, like he was, but he was also really like intimidating in the suit. It was like the, like Pattinson is just such, like an unbelievably underrated actor. I think because, like, not a lot of people can be so intimidating in the suit and tall and like make sense as like a Batman, and then also be like you know, in his feels a little bit like super vulnerable and like. Like Kurt Cobaini, which I think they were going for. So it, it was like Definitely. it was a really strange, like effective com- combo. Yeah, is as soon as I heard like the first like notes of the song, I was like, "Is this Nirvana?" I could have done without that. I think like that's getting like a lot of praise. That's getting like the most praise, or because people love Nirvana, but mm-hmm. I could have done without that. Yeah, it it went on for a long time, too. Yeah. Like, the movie at the end, especially, like, at the beginning it was okay, because it was, like, setting the tone, I guess, but at the end Mm. it was, like, because it was, like, the montage of him, like, belly flopping into the water and then saving all the people, and it was, like, (laughs) the Nirvana song playing. That was kind of annoying. I feel like you can't needle drop twice. Yeah. Yeah, they like usually don't the do that. Song twice, yeah, dropping the same song twice in totally different scenes is yeah. Just just, just get a get a different song or something. And the score know. was and the score was like so unbelievable. That was it the was. Score was like one of the best parts of the movie. Like it was the guy from Lost, Michael Giacchino, who's like a genius. Does a lot of the J.J. Abrams stuff. And, okay. Um, and that 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 was like my favorite score I think I've heard in the past couple of years. Yeah, that. That was very noticeably well done. Because it had like a techno vibe, but it was mm-hmm. like heavy, heavy synth and like so loud and like it would blend perfect with the action. Like it was just the music was just flowing with the story so perfect. There, it was never like sticking out like a sore thumb. But Colin Farrell was probably my favorite. Yeah, Col- Yeah, Farrell. I definitely liked the most. He, she was like the comic relief of the movie. Really? The comic relief, but also just like a really cool character. It was just kind of in the shadows the whole time. Like mm-hmm. he was always like with Falcone in the background, just like muttering like 
funny lines and like just kind of being a presence and the scene when batman gets into the iceberg club and like to meet with him and he's just like right there when he's about to punch him. he's like whoa 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 <laughs> like he he's just i feel like he's just he was such a good such a weirdly like cast role dude. i know like, completely unrecognizable i i i mean i read ahead of time that you know it was feral and in the role but i gotta say i questioned it when i first saw him i was like wait is zach farrell again is it because it, imagine it w- saying that in 2005 when he was like a movie star like oh yeah he's gonna be the penguin <laughs> it was great they had him waddle and everything like a penguin when he was tied up oh yeah that was that was that was a good little <laughs> I love that wink wink. That was yeah. awesome. The the wink winks in this movie, like the little like the little things they gave to the comic book fans. I'm not necessarily one of them, but just like the little things that you notice are it was just so much better than the stupid ones in like the Dark Knight Rises, like the Robin thing at the end, like with Joseph Gordon Levitt. Uh... Like just I, I hated every like wink wink in that movie and like the just how it was like uh, I I thought this one was just it just knew what it knew what it was. Just wanted mm-hmm. to be like a cool detective movie. The end went on too long, though. If you want to get to criticisms, yeah, it did. I I thought it ended like three different times. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, this is it. But uh, I didn't it even realize two forty five, you know, and like cut out that last fifteen minutes. Yeah, I didn't realize it was going to be a three hour movie, but. You know, like two hours in, I was like, "It this doesn't feel like it's going to be over anytime soon." So we've no, got ways to go. No, the pace was good. It wasn't like I wasn't fidgety or anything. The pace was good. I wasn't worried about that. It just I thought there are better points to kind of cut off the action. Like I know they needed that like scene at the end in the Gotham Square Garden, which mm-hmm. I love how it's named the Gotham Square Garden. Where the guys are like on top of the jumbotron, like <laughs> shooting all the people, and like that. I guess that was like the whole point of like the Riddler's plan. But was know, was like the guy up there, there? The the guy up there was he at the beginning of the movie? Yeah, he was the guy that when Bruce that... was like walking into the, I think it was the funeral, right, for the commissioner or the mayor. I think it was the funeral for the mayor, and the guy was like muttering about. How he like Gotham is so corrupt and everything and Oh, uh, okay. I think it was supposed to be like QAnon, right? Like that was like the idea of it. Like the brother yeah. was like he was like an online presence who like it was like very Alex Jonesy, like he would make right. videos about like the corruption in the city and would get people to like do all those crazy things. I think that was like the point. Right, yeah. I loved how you could see the comments on the video. As yeah, well. that was so funny. Yeah. Right, like got yeah, you bro. It was like meta. It was, yeah, it was it was like meta like two thousand twenty two, but in like that world it still made sense. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't seem out of place or anything. It's like no, this this makes this makes perfect sense. <laughs> but... Yeah, and I, I thought, like, two other people, before we move on from the goods, like, I thought Sarsgaard was really good. I thought Zoe Kravitz oh, right. was really, really good. I thought, like, it, the movie lost a little bit of momentum with the uh, romantic subplot going on yep, briefly. Definitely. Like, it, it didn't feel like the, the movie we were watching at the beginning, where it was, like, a, yeah. a mystery thriller like 
Yeah, cause he's not really like romantically involved with Catwoman at any point too. And any like he's like she's like a seductress, but like that's not really, like he was more involved with like Batgirl than he was with Catwoman. So mm-hmm. it was, it was kind of like she should have. I wish they played her more as like just a like a seductress more. Like Michelle Pfeiffer was pretty good at that more than like um I don't know. She seemed like she was into him. I don't know, but. Or just like not even into anyone. That's not really like who she is. So it was, it was kind of yeah. It was it was strange. There was there there was a little too much of her. I think. Like yeah. They done without her being like super close with that girl who got killed. Annika. Like I thought that yeah. I didn't think that was totally necessary. Like they could have had her be part of it anyway. Just like as like a like a some somewhat Batman sidekick at times. Like frequent like just. But it was kind of strange how they introduced her, like, because all of a sudden they trusted each other, and it was like it was very strange. Yeah, it's like you don't need a romantic subplot in every movie. Yeah. Like it, it, you didn't need it. It's already a good movie. Or maybe like they could have almost kissed, making you wonder, like, hmm, is something gonna happen? But uh, or just have her like lead him on more, you know? Yeah. But, like, actually, like, yeah, like there's ways to do that. Yeah, but that's never a thing in Batman anyway. He like he's like all the girlfriends he has are usually like other than in Mask of the Phantasm, I guess. But it seems it seems like all the eh, no, I guess he actually does always have a love interest. Now that I think about it, I can't. I, just based on preference alone, I go this Batman number one. I think this Batman's like far and away my favorite because it's like everything I love in a movie. To be honest, like you know how much I love Seven. Like, I love Chinatown. Like, I, I love these, like, detective movies mm-hmm. that, like, actually have a real cool mystery that I can't figure out. Or not This one is, like, not something you can figure out, but it was, like, the cool riddles and the serial killer factor, like, it was just right up my alley. And then um, I had Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice 2. I don't know if you remember that one. Jesse Eisenberg, it's Lex Luthor. The, who directed that? It's Snyder. It's but Snyder, it's, okay. It's, it's, it's the one before his Justice League movie. Okay. So like before the Flash, like the Flash makes a quick appearance, but then it's like before the Cyborg, before Aquaman, like before everyone kind of joined. It was just Batman and Superman. All right. Love that movie. You should revisit that one. It's all right. Awesome. Yeah. Especially I, the director's cut. I really skipped out on all the the DC stuff around. Like I haven't seen Wonder Woman either. I think the only one I saw was Suicide Squad. The new the, one or like the Will Smith one? The Will Smith one. Too many characters in that and they didn't have enough time to like you know talk about them. They're just like, Oh, there's that person in the corner. He's he does that. And it's like what? Okay. Yeah, Harley Quinn doesn't make like a lot of sense without the Joker, to be honest. Like in that's basically like I know that Jared Leto is in that movie. He's <laughs> like way over the top as you oh my god yeah just that's just a creepy version of the joker i didn't even think of that to be honest mm-hmm. but but yeah snyder does a good job with those movies i think he kind of took a lot of shit for whatever reason because he is who he is you know he does the slow-mo he does the close-ups he like the big action like not a lot of you know substance but i love that batman vs superman movie i think it's way underrated then mm-hmm. i had dark knight 3 Killing Joke 4, and Mask of the Phantasm 5. Okay. But Batman Begins was, like, right there. Like, I could have easily put Batman Begins there over Mask of the Phantasm. It's just I love the the tightness of Mask of the Phantasm and the, the 
the ending to the twist, the sort of twist ending I loved. So, all right. Big so I need to I need to see the Killing Joke then. Yeah, it's a good one. It's 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 like it's not what you expect. It's R rated. What like, is it really? Yeah, yeah, but like you don't really notice. Like the, the, I think they cut a lot of the stuff that made it R rated. To be honest, but they still kept the R rating. And Mark Hamill is really good in it. And um it it's Batman and Batgirl. Batgirl is Jim Gordon's daughter. Okay. And she's pretty good. So like I, I love I like that movie a lot. Alright. But um if you like Mask of the Phantasm, I think you would like that one too. And it features a villain named Paris Franz. Paris Franz. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's a crazy name. <laughs> Paris Franz. <laughs> Paris Franz. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. I, I loved this movie. Uh, I, I it was so like sprawling that I can't even like think of like things like we didn't even talk about like John Turturro who was amazing. That's we right. Talked about yeah. him for the Barton Fink podcast. I know. He's like one of the best actors ever. So good. Oh my god, he's got just incredible range. It's it's mind blowing. Yeah, he was he was a big part of this, uh, mainly towards the uh, the second half of the movie. Mm-hmm. We don't see too much of him in the first half. I loved how they utilized him. They like made him like an ally to Bruce and Batman for a second, and then like immediately like it's like no, that's not the case at all. I thought that was pretty cool because he's like so likable that it's believable, you know. So mm-hmm. if I had to nitpick something, it was it would be the. Uh, the forced accent that the cops had. All, oh all of them had these. It, it was almost like they were trying to do a New York accent, but so weird, yeah. it it didn't sound genuine, or it kind of it just took me out of it. It's like, is that really this actor's real voice, or is he trying to do like a a certain police New York cop voice? That oh that God. threw me off a little bit. I thought it was so funny though. Like some of the, like the guy with the mustache, like the police chief. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, he, pe- like people were laughing in the theater yeah, whenever the, he would say. Lines. Was, he sounded like Frankie Pantangeli from Godfather Two. Yes, like, had, yes, like, yes. Like that's that's immediately what I got from that. I, I had no idea why they did that. It was so strange. I yeah. Mean, but it was awesome at the same time. Like I, and. I thought that Jeffrey Wright was pretty good as Gordon. That was, you know, good enough. I haven't seen him in that many things. I, w- I, I, yeah. He's Felix and James Bond. That's like the most, James Bond. Okay, that's like the most popular movies he's in. But he's in like Westworld, which is like okay. Yeah, I don't watch Westworld. I should. I should. But, it looks like a good show. Yeah, all all the cops were. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were they cracked me up. <laughs> that that one that one cop I I need I want to see it again just for that guy. <laughs> they could have used more of him to be honest. It was like people were laughing, but I thought it was great. The one thing I would say, the one nitpick I wanted to have is when the bomb blew up in his face, and oh. his mouth that's like, uncovered didn't sustain like any injuries. Like I'll like if he falls off like a hundred foot, like uh ledge you know and like it's like lands on his back it's like okay he's like really tough i can understand why that like makes sense but when he takes a bomb to the face and part of his face is uncovered and then the next scene he doesn't even have any chapped lips doesn't have one like burn mark on his like lower face 
I thought that was a little ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It was a missed opportunity. I know it's a comic book thing, so, like, whatever. Like, who cares? Like, when you put the mask on, even though part of it's uncovered, like, it still, like, covers you, so. Mm-hmm. So that was just a little thing I noticed, but. How about really how about the city flooding? It seemed kind of strange that you could just blow up oh, certain walls. Oh, like, Yeah. run by a bunch of yahoos. Like I'm, they're I'm trying all, to think. They're all doing those drugs. What, what are those drugs called? Like drops. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like how do you just allow a city to be like? It's like New Orleans, but get a couple of like properly placed mines to blow up like a couple of seawalls, and then next thing you know, the whole city's flooded. There's no drain system to like in case <laughs> of like emergency. Like that, yeah, that's a good point. That was kind of crazy. That's yeah. that, that goes towards like. They could have just done without that, or or maybe like, like Riddler's big thing, like something else that was quicker, and then you could just not have to deal with that whole last twenty five minutes of the movie. And if they get blown up, every everything gets flooded. Yep, and everyone has to retreat to the Mad- the Gotham Square Garden. Yeah, for like a political rally. Oh yeah, that's right. That too. Yeah, that that, that yeah that. Now the more I think about it, like. It's still my favorite Batman movie, one of my favorite, like, I don't know, probably like 20, like 30 movies ever, just in general, just because of how unbelievable the first section and section, second section were, but the third act, it did lose its legs a little for me. Yeah. I like really the, loved how it started off, though. Oh, it started, like, the so first good. act was, like, one of my favorite, like, first hours of any movie. Oh, like, I remember I was turning the guy next to me, like, a ton of times, like, two hours in, I was like, holy shit, this is fucking, like, so lit, dude. This is so fucking sick. Like, the whole time, I was thinking, like, every five minutes something would happen, I'd be like, this is just so sick. Because it was so loud, too. Like, the theater you saw it in, was it, like, super fucking loud? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty loud. Like, when the car the was revving, yep. I was like, oh my god, I feel like my ears are gonna explode. And there was one scene where, like, it was really cool that it was like a flashlight he was like in the dark like investigating a crime scene and like he brought the flashlight like panned it across the screen basically so it like started at the right like crossed the screen and then went like off the screen to the left and it was like so bright like it was like a f- actual flashlight being flashed in my face it was i thought it was a cool effect oh there's just so many like cool little things that i noticed what about the rating you gonna give it a rating oh um if i'm doing it by the rating on this podcast, um, I'd give it. Ooh, because I know you're a little more critical of it than I am. I I'd say probably, the Alice. Like I would recommend it. I I probably wouldn't buy it on Blu-ray. It part of it's just because I'm not like totally into. The superhero movies, although yeah, yeah. I re- I really enjoyed Spider Man for the nostalgic factor. Yeah, that was Toby that McGuire. was probably my favorite part of that movie. You know who would have been great as the Riddler, by the way. Before we go, is uh, Crispin Glover. <laughs> yes. All right, and our movie of the week is from 1989. It's called Beverly Hills Body Snatchers. And with me is uh, first time ever on the podcast. First time ever, probably on a podcast. Correct. Yeah, this is my cousin David. Thank Correct. you for coming on. Thank you, thank you. I hide myself from the world. 
you know, so this is definitely my first time on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. So. And uh yeah, what a what a movie to watch. Uh, it was um not what I expected from the first five minutes. Yeah, certainly not. Definitely, no. definitely swung in a different direction. Yeah. And you've seen like almost every eighties horror movie out there. Well so I'm I was, trying. You yeah. know, it's my life ambition. So it's a you good, know it's a good ambition. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't pay anything, <laughs> but it's very expensive. And, um, but, uh, you know, other than that, you know, it's not so bad. You know, mm -hmm. I get to watch four movies a day. So, so I was really excited when I found a movie that you haven't seen this movie. Yep. I, I guess I wasn't too surprised because you go on IMDb, you look at the rating and, uh, it does not have a good rating. It's 3.3 .3 out of 10 and it only had a hundred votes. Now, uh, the average IMDb movie has like thousands and thousands of votes. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, I might not be able to even find this movie. But, you know. But he did. Thank and God for YouTube. Yeah. Thank God for YouTube. I mean, I didn't even know you could watch movies on YouTube. I'm going to save a fortune. I I yeah. buy my horror movies like a fool. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to save a fortune with YouTube watching rare horror movies or rare horror movie comedies, which I think this one was. Yeah, this is more of a comedy, this one. Um, yeah, it's definitely like, yeah, more of a comedy, mm -hmm. I I think, at least. I don't know. So, Yeah, I mean, YouTube's just been huge. Um, I, I mean, when I started doing this, going page by page in that book, I was like, this, you know, I'm probably going to have to, like, order movies ahead of time and whatnot. But I've actually haven't had to buy a single well I, I bought a couple of them like maybe on prime video but most of them you can just find online because they're such strange obscure movies and if they're amazing you should buy them yeah, right yeah if they're amazing there there's a few if you can buy them there's a few i've come across that are um just like gems that i would have never found if i didn't go through this book now uh yeah, this this one, Beverly Hills Body Snatchers, definitely more of a comedy than yeah. horror. What a plot. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, kind of, I don't know. Maybe you would know more of the plot than me, because I don't know. Was there a plot? So, I guess, how to describe it? So, it's like it's difficult. the second in command of uh, a mafia crew has uh uh two nephews that are like surfer dudes okay so that's basically what tied him to the funeral home right i guess and this like second in command mafia guy also had uh, yeah for some reason like one of his buddies who was also he, he sounded like a mob guy um but he worked at a funeral home he knew them and in this particular funeral home they reanimate dead bodies so there there's a guy working at the funeral home who's like working on all kinds of potions and everything secretly of course yes yeah, secretly you yeah. know just you know that's how it's done you know 
mm-hmm. secretly for the last 40 years, he said. <laughs> that's so, right, so he's years. been working on it for 40 years, and it finally came together. Yeah. Yep. So. And, um, and basically, he's, he figured out a way to, to bring dead people back to life, but they, they don't exactly come back to life at first. They, like, they're dead, but they come back, their brains are mush. That's, that's like every movie. Like, they're gonna, they think they're going to come back to life and be normal, mm-hmm. but in reality, they're like just freaking zombies. Yeah, basically. But, you know, if it's, you know... If they're moving forward with their work, I guess it's uh it's okay to keep stealing dead bodies, right? Because yeah. they where they steal like thirty bodies. Yeah, they they stole a lot. So um, so meanwhile, this this mafia guy, I guess he was the uncle of these two surfer dudes, but it was kind of weird because the mother of these surfer dudes seemed to be romantic with the uncle. Yeah, he was. Definitely, I mean, I didn't see any sex, but there was definitely, and could have, you know, yeah, definitely liked the uncle. Yeah, yeah. Like Not the, sure why, but. Like he was tied to a bed at one yeah, point. Yeah, tied to a bed with a little, you know, uh, massage thing going on. Yeah. And then, you know, they clipped out of it. I, I kind of wish they just stayed with it, <laughs> Yeah. in my opinion. I was just interested to see what the hell she was going to do with that massage thing. That thing was huge, and, and we got nothing out of it. But that's yep. okay. It moved on. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I will say the pace was, was pretty quick in this one. Sometimes with these, like, B-level movies, you know, they're just so slow. But, you know, this one... It was actually... It was entertaining, and it and it was it would it went by fast mm-hmm. for like some B movies are like, you know, kill me, man. Will this thing end? And this one was just kind of like it, it just hung, it just grabbed you enough where you're just like entertained and just re- take it for what it is, mm-hmm. entertainment, you know, and and figure out what the plot was really about later. So yep. <laughs> Because so, I couldn't really follow it, it myself. It, it was pretty out there. So, I mean, like, the main characters of the movie are the surfer dudes. So, they're, they're like, trying to invent, like, some kind of surfboard that's, like, powered by a bicycle at the beginning. Very bizarre. Um, but that's basically a failure. So, you know, of course they talk like, um, you know... Typical like surfer dudes. Yeah, from, like, one had yeah, one had an amazing wig. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it looked like not a- sure if it was necessary, but <laughs> um, I think the wig was the theme of this movie. Everyone had a wig. Basically, so yeah, it looked it was, like uh, George of the Jungle. Yeah, he did that. look like George of the Jungle. <laughs> so I'm like, why is that? Is like the worst wig ever, man. <laughs> um, but whatever, you know. So if you can't find a, a wig for the right, you know, person, you just just get desperate and you just settle. So definitely settled. Mm-hmm. So they got it. So they're. Um, they basically get jobs at this funeral home, and right away, they're, like, tasked with finding dead bodies so that these 
the scientists and the guy who works at the funeral home can reanimate them. Yeah, exactly. And he needs a lot because he makes a lot of mistakes. He's been working on it for 40 years, so mm-hmm. there's some trial and error going on. So he needs a lot of bodies, and it seems like these surfer guys are pretty much into it and okay with it. Yeah. So because they said, because... They said they were going, I think the the owner of the funeral home said they were going to become uh, really wealthy. So that just, that's what they wanted to become. So they just stole bodies, you know? Yeah. Yep. But first they hated the job. They wanted to get fired. They did want to get fired. So uh, they pick up their first dead body in a hospital and... They're like, oh, this is terrible. How do we get out of this job? Well, we can't, we can't quit, or our mom's gonna be mad at us. We gotta get fired. So they start doing donuts yep. in um in the beach parking lot. Yeah, they're nobody they're went in to, a hearse. Yeah, they're in a hearse. Yep. Apparently, nobody goes to that beach because there were no cars anywhere yep. to be seen. So mm-hmm. or people. Nope. So, but it looked like a pretty nice uh, beach. But yeah, they definitely want to get fired. So then they where they go pick up their uh, their friends, their uh, girlfriends, their girlfriends, and then serve more surfer people. Yeah, one other dude who, uh, you know, they're just in back of the hearse smoking, and then the their friends just like, yeah, is that a is that really a dead body right there? And they're like, yeah, yeah, check it out. So you know, they open up the bag. And it's like, oh man, he really is dead. And he's like, hey, watch this. He like takes a puff of his, I guess it was a joint. He blows it right on the corpse, and then somehow the corpse blows the smoke back. Yeah, out. of course, because yeah. that's how it works in the real world. Yeah. So it's it works that easy. Mm-hmm. So um, that's totally normal for people to do. Yeah. You know? And then they're like, hey, why why don't we just uh, dress up this uh, this corpse as a we'll put clown makeup on him clown makeup on him and, and then we'll we'll drive around yeah and that's basically how they wanted to get fired <laughs> and so i mean but it's kind of weird they kind of hit everything didn't they when they went back or or they were late they were four hours late yeah, yeah. so and then they're like yeah you should fire us and then for some reason the the guy the guy who worked at the funeral home couldn't fire them i think it's because of veto because yeah the veto yeah had hired wants them to work there yeah so So, i can't fire you and then they couldn't quit because of their mom they owe because they pawned the volkswagen and tv so you know you know so they could not um they could not quit so they were stuck there so they they stole a lot of bodies yep they made the best of it yep they uh, brought a bunch of people back to life, and uh, then we find out Vito, the second-in-command guy, has some other plans. He wants to be first-in-command. First-in-command. So he's a lot like, of people do. We gotta, we gotta assassinate uh, the head, the head of, uh, or the Don. We have to assassinate yeah. the Don. And what better way? Then on, on a golf course. Yeah. So with the golf ball. Yep. The, yeah. The Don is golfing. Yeah. And they're like, oh, let's just throw golf balls at him. Yeah. That or, should kill him. Yeah. And it does. Yeah. <laughs> totally makes sense. Yeah. Awesome. So he's dead. And uh, so they bring him back. And 
trying to remember why they decide to reanimate him again. Hmm. Moment of silence for us to even, like, hmm. Well, they gave him the wrong formula. Yeah. Okay, he got the wrong formula, but who gave it to him? Yeah. Oh, maybe it's it's because they had the party. They had the party and they had the wrong formula. So, but yeah. why did they want to bring the Don back? Like, why did they want to reanimate him? Or maybe it was because I think one of their friends was messing with the machine or whatever. And maybe, yeah. maybe they might have given it to the 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 Don accidentally. Well, we'll just have to rewatch the movie <laughs> to uh, figure that part out. So maybe. Maybe in 40 years, you know, we can come back and figure it out, okay? Yeah. It's not kind of movie you want to, like, rush back to, yeah, okay? So. so, anyways, the Don comes back to life. It's a major problem because he's like an angry zombie. He you, gets loose and just starts killing people out on the street. He's definitely by far the best of the guy's 40 years of work. Mm-hmm. He's like a normal dude that's like a zombie and he's super strong. Mm-hmm. But like everything, his walking and everything works pretty much on point. And of course, he's still in his golf clothes as Wha- well. Of course. Yeah, of course he is. walking around Beverly Hills. It's normal. Yeah. Killing people, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We don't see how he kills people. We just see the aftermath, basically. We don't really see... There's no real death scenes. Is there? I don't remember one death scene. I guess the the Don getting hit with a golf ball. Oh, yeah, you're right. Pretty tame. He got hit in the back, so, but... I don't know how that killed him, but... Don't know either, but... It happens in these... uh, horror movies you know Mm -hmm. that don't have any kill scenes but as i like to say i think every horror movie should have some nudity and i was gonna have to say there's gonna be no nudity in this but i did see two breasts so therefore it uh did you see them yep very brief very briefly when they when yeah. the surfer dudes, of course they yeah. have a party at the, the funeral home. Yeah, They're where like, else would you go and have yeah. a party? That totally makes sense, you yeah, know? let's just invite everyone. Exactly. <laughs> and it's not weird to, like, want to do it in a casket. <laughs> yeah, he's got, he's got candles lit. That's, like, totally normal. <laughs> that turns girls way on, man. Yeah. So, but, you know, they tried, and it didn't work out, so. Yeah. It ended up backfiring. So, yeah, now it's a big problem. They have this this mafia zombie, Don, just running around, and he's just killing people on the streets. So now the surfer dudes, the guy who works at the funeral home, they have to get these dead bodies before the police find them. And they're like, oh, it's okay. We'll just reanimate them. Completely fine. We have a formula. Yeah, we have a... Uh, work in formula so yeah that makes sense to reanimate yep. them yeah nothing will go wrong mm-hmm. if they take that you know road mm-hmm. and um things go wrong yeah meanwhile the second in command mafia guy he's he's stoked that he's probably gonna become the don he's like arranging like a funeral and everything 
And then he has a meeting with, uh, it looks like the Asian mob. Right. And the, fir- the first we've seen of him, by the way, yeah, the, the whole the movie. Way, you know? We're almost at the end of the movie. Yeah. And, it's like, and oh, now, yeah, they're, now they're doing business. It's like, so, oh, okay. I don't know why you need the, the Asian mob's approval to become the Don. I don't know. Maybe the Asian mob had something to do with his death. And I don't know. Who really killed them? <laughs> you know? Who, who killed the Don? Uh, Do you think it was Vito? Yeah, well, I guess it was. They were kind of just hiding in the bushes, shooting golf balls. Yeah, so, and they were in disguise, but yeah. there was two of them, so. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, I don't know. That mystery, you know. Just just a mystery. And, um, yeah, basically, the second-in-command guy, Vito, he's uh, he's got to, like, set up the funeral. Of this uh, mafia don to like demonstrate that oh he's really dead, right? I don't know why like the the Asian mob had to come to the funeral. Not really sure why, and I'm not really sure who everyone was. You know, (laughs) it's a lot of people at that funeral. Yep. So Mm -hmm. and the press showed up. Yep. And then the police, of course, got the search warrant. You know, at the day of the funeral. Mm -hmm. So and um. What happened? The Don, I think, so broke. Then they they realized the Don being a zombie was a huge problem because he kept killing people. So the uh, Vito is like, "Hey, we got to make sure this guy is dead." All right. So they try making up a formula that would kill him, and you know they take cyanide, take rat poison, right. They got they got like a whole formula going. They got they put it inside like a needle, a giant needle, and they get ready to give this uh, zombie mafia don a shot. But then, accidentally, the 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 mafia don or yeah the mafia don like hits the scientist and the needle. Yeah, hits him. Yeah. So, so now uh, the. The scientist is dead. Yeah, briefly, though. Briefly. Yeah. So then the surfer dudes are like, oh, man, the scientist dude is dead. He's the one who brings everyone back to life. What are we going to do? So then, <laughs> you know, they're talking like uh, Cali surfer dudes, like, oh, man, let's just look at the notes. Maybe we can figure it out. And uh, they do. They, they do. It's amazing, you know, because they're wicked smart. So yep. that that makes sense right there. There you go. There yep. you go. Just a here and there, a pinch here, a pinch there. Stick it with them, and what? He comes back, doesn't he? Yep. But like every person they reanimate, they become zombies. So basically, the scientist dude is reanimated, but you know he's got the IQ of a zombie. Yeah. And yeah. He's trying to figure out the same formula to like completely kill someone. He's like screwing up all the measurements and everything. Yeah, well, I mean, well, the, who puts him to work? The two surfer dudes in the uh head of the funeral. They said no better guy can do it, but uh, a zombie guy, you know. <laughs> he used to be, you know, a scientist, but now, you know, he's a zombie, so let him do it, you know? So yep. 
And of course, he nails it, right? Yep, yep. And this is all going on in the basement of the funeral home. Well, everyone's waiting for everyone's, the funeral to happen. Yep. The priest waiting. is speaking upstairs. Mm-hmm. So, and they're gonna supposed to bring the Don out dead, but the Don is still alive, not and dead. He is able to break free. <laughs> break free from just, just breaks free. Exactly. He's like chained up on a wall. Chained up, and he still has a chair attached (laughs) to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And he's so strong, he's pulling, what, four men? Yeah. And one's a zombie, too, so. I don't know why it took, like, multiple hours for him to break free if he was that strong. Exactly. They don't explain, like, why is he able to break free now, but. He just does. Yeah. Well, the the priest was finishing up his speech, so mm-hmm. he had to either come up dead or, you know, make an appearance. Something had to happen. Mm-hmm. So it did. Yep. So he comes back. Everyone is shocked that the Don is still alive and that he's basically a zombie. And then... They I do... guess the police break in. No, first they do like the like a gun scene. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. like the Asians pull their guns out, and then the Italian mob pull their guns out, mm-hmm. and then the priest pulls his gun out, and then the cops come barging in with their guns. I didn't realize the priest had a gun. <laughs> yes, the priest had a gun. You missed that? <laughs> I guess I missed no. that. No, okay, yeah. He went low and got his gun, and <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Well. So uh, why not, right? And um, and then the police came in, and they pulled their guns, so everyone had their guns pulled, and the Don's just sitting there, and then they hit him with the concoction of a needle. Yeah, at the, at the last minute, the zombie scientist, he's yeah. able to figure out the formula, Yes, even though his brain is complete mush, he's right. able to figure it out last Got minute. Got lucky. The formula that he's been working on for decades right? that reanimates people back to life, but as they were... Before they died with, like, the same brain IQ and everything. Totally normal. Yep. Totally normal. So then gives the Mafia Don guy the shot, and he's he's just the way as he was. And now they're billionaires because yep. they came up with the formula, bringing everyone back to life. Mm-hmm. So... So, the, yeah, you see uh, newspaper clippings, like... Uh, Elvis comes back to life. Right. Elvis impersonators nervous. That's yeah. the headline underneath. Yeah, I was wondering why it said Elvis comes back to life. I didn't quite get get it until like the fourth newspaper clipping. <laughs> but I don't know where they were going. The movie was so wild and weird. I was just going with it. But now it makes sense that Elvis um, is alive because they had the formula. I didn't put that together there. But I, I, I thought like the the bodies had to only like, be dead for a certain amount of hours. Like, yeah. You know, so like, to bring he was bringing like the um, what was the last newspaper clipping of? It was like the surfer guy and that small dude. Um, I don't know, yeah. but he brought someone back to life, but he's been oh, dead like for a, yeah, 200 a, a years. historical figure. Yeah, historical but figure, like, exactly. Like so how? that, no shot, 
No shock that I don't know that person's name since I'm so into history. I didn't know so, who it was either. <laughs> so I don't know, man. I'm not into history some, at all, man. Like some, so some war general or something. Exactly. Um, um, but like, how do you how do you give a shot to bones? You know, because that's all that would be left. Exactly. So, like, so I don't know. I think it's the kind of movie where you don't really think a lot about <laughs> yeah. that. And you just kind of go with it, and you're mm-hmm. like, makes sense, makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then you just go with it. And then they're having a party for him for some reason. Yeah. I'm not really sure why. Yeah. Why that is there? Bizarre. Just, it's bizarre. Well, he was complaining about, like, pancreas issues. Yeah. It's almost like they were preparing for him to die or something. Yeah. I I didn't really catch that, but... It's kind of like they didn't really have an ending because the movie's so weird and it probably should have ended like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yep. And they could have really ended it anywhere. Could've and ended it yeah, with the newspaper clippings. They really yeah, didn't need they that really, last scene. They didn't really need that last scene. I was actually surprised. Yeah. Okay, but they get their wicker boho 80s furniture out. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing says a billionaire like that. You know, <laughs> so you want to get that into the picture. Mm-hmm. And they're all sitting on that. And then they bring out a cake for the Don. And he's complaining about pancreas or chest pains or when he needs a booster mm-hmm. and um and then you can take it i guess it just uh ends well they bring out the cake he's sitting down then he dies he yep. he falls face down on the cake right and they're like oh man he's dead but then he wakes back up and he's like an evil zombie he's an evil zombie definitely i saw that makeup work yep. and then, so yeah and everyone reacts like ah and then freeze frame. Freeze frame. Nothing like a freeze frame. Yep. yep. Super 80s. Ending, yeah. And then it just goes to black and you see the cast list come up and it's like, okay. Uh, yeah. I think I just looked at you like, well, that was something. That was, it was entertaining. It was. And in the music in the beginning, I'll go back to the beginning, it had like a Beverly Hills um, cops theme to it. Didn't it remind yeah. you of like a Beverly Hills cops? The, the music mm-hmm. got you kind of, you know, yeah, you know, like, like synth music. Yeah, of. exactly. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's upbeat. It's going to be a good movie. It's going to be entertaining. I think the music helped. Yeah, definitely. Love the clothes and everything. Clothes I mean, were great. 80s just had the, the most unique clothes. I mean, you grew up in the 80s. So I grew up in the 80s. You but saw it all. I, I saw I, none of it. I missed yeah. the 80s by three months. Oh, damn. Yeah, I saw it all. I saw, you know, fluorescent. That was a big thing. Yeah. Don't know why. It only lasted a year, thank God. So, yeah, it seems like what there's like a lot of like movies and tv shows that try to do like the 80s like throwback like uh, stranger things definitely tries to do it yeah they try 80s but it seems like they hype up like uh yeah the the crazy outfits too much and it's like they always do not everyone dressed like this no it's not not everyone we just we just went to Caldor's and got our clothes. So. Caldor, yes. yeah, right. That's not even around anymore. No, right? No. I wonder if that was only in New England. No. I re- I remember when Caldor was shutting down, though. They had like a big sale and everything. Yeah, it was Caldor Leechmare. Yeah, was was. I remember Caldor the, the most because I think they had like a 
uh, photo like booth in there. That was also big in the eighties, yep. oh, so yeah. you could get yeah. your picture taken. Yeah, like Caldor was basically Target before Target. Yeah, really. basically. Yeah, but like cool Caldor sign and a big parking lot and mm-hmm. cheaper clothes. Yeah, way cheaper than Caldor. Yeah. I mean, way cheaper than Target. Target. Yeah. And there was there was Ames as well. That was, was another one. You recognize the actors that from Nightmare on Elm Street? I did recognize. I didn't recognize the mother. Yeah. So, so you Nightmare on Elm Street three. Um, I recognize the kid. Yeah, the kid. Yeah, he was like quiet in a Nightmare on Elm Street three. Yeah. And then there's that scene with like the naked nurse where he's dreaming and everything. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. uh, the mother, she. Uh, She's like the one that's always like Andale, Andale to Oh, okay. Um, to Patricia Arquette's character. But it's kind of funny that they were both in A Nightmare on Elm Street three and four, and then they're both in this movie as yeah, well. Yeah, right. I was almost curious and was like, Oh, maybe it was the same casting director as those movies looked it up. It wasn't. It wasn't. Just you know, a coincidence. Just, just a coincidence. But uh I didn't really recognize anyone else. Um, I recognize like I think the uh, the guy who owned a funeral home that looked like he was in the mafia, but he wasn't in the mafia. <laughs> um, he's actually the only guy who looked like he was in the mafia <laughs> out of all the people that were in the mafia. Yeah. So they might have you know got that casting you know you know a little bit wrong. <laughs> I mean, they could have switched a few guys and it just wouldn't have mattered, yeah. you know. But he was definitely the only like true like italian mafia dude there but he was the owner of the funeral home instead so i seen him in other stuff i don't know what that other stuff is but i definitely recognize his face it's mostly stuff in the 70s and 80s though for sure so um other than that i don't um i can't really say i recognized anybody in the movie yeah it wasn't a big cast but they kept kind of going back to the same people yeah yeah it wasn't wasn't like a a mega cast yeah so for the rating system i usually do um they're named after like uh titles from movies i've reviewed so far but it's always like a female character's name so the first movie i reviewed for the podcast was abby which i think i i told you about last night's a uh, basically a, a parody of the exorcist which so like it was uh yeah which sounds amazing i think yeah it it was it was okay but um that i gave two stars so every two star rating i call it the abby rating okay and then three star rating uh I name it the Alice rating after Alice, Sweet Alice, like okay. that movie. And then four stars is, uh, don't really have like a concrete name yet. It's actually called the Barton rating because one of the movies in the book was Barton Fink, the Coen Brothers movie. And okay. kind of weird that it would be in a horror book, but I had never seen it before, so... Okay. I watched it, and it's not really a female name, so I might have to change that. Really. Might have to. Which one? Um, you don't have one yet? 
You don't. You've never gave a movie one star. There, there was one movie that was so bad. I think it was called Adam Age Vampire because the book said that Mario Bava was involved with it. That's why I picked it. Yeah, that's and why then, everyone probably picked it. And then I go on IMDb, and part of the trivia was it, it, incorrectly people think that Mavia Mario Bava was involved in it, and then it, it was some other Italian guy with a similar name. Oh, okay. So it's like, okay, that explains why this was so bad. Yep. Um, that that was uh, the only one I've given one star to i believe so um for this one i mean so like two stars it's usually like eh, it was all right but i probably wouldn't recommend it to people and then three stars is like you know i enjoyed it i would probably recommend it to someone who's like a fan of this particular genre depending on the movie and then four stars is like, oh, I need to buy this movie. I need, right. I need to own it. Right. So I wouldn't say I need to own this movie, but no. I did I did enjoy it. And like for people who like campy, like ridiculous movies, um, with like a plot that doesn't make any sense that's entertaining. Which is basically like every single horror movie I watch. Mm-hmm. So I would say, yeah check it out so i i would i would probably give this the alice rating okay three out of four stars i appreciated how how much they leaned into the insanity of everything yeah they definitely i appreciated that too they didn't like take the movie um serious yeah it's like they knew the kind of movie they were making which sometimes can be the downfall of a campy movie because yeah. they're winking too much to the audience. But exactly. I think like, like the they, actors like tried to like pretend they were like yeah, serious. Yeah. I I believe so and they had fun with it. Yeah. So, and um I'm pretty like eased on my ratings or I'm like really like if something like pisses pisses me off in a movie, then I just blacklist them right away and then I just don't like the movie even if it ends up becoming good. But um, I don't know. It's a tough one for me. I would have to go... Yeah, I mean, I'd give it the Alice rating, too. Yeah. For sure, because, I mean, it's nothing like Alice, Sweet Alice. No, yeah. But aka holy terror or whatever the hell you want to call it. We're literally looking at the poster right now. We're we're in the movie room. Anyways, but um, it's it's a wholly different movie, but it was entertaining and it was fun. Um, yeah, definitely three star to Alice rating for me. Yeah, it's uh, well, entertaining and it's on YouTube. Thank God for YouTube. So anyone wants to watch it, just you know, type in. Beverly Hills Body Snatchers. Yes. One word, Body Snatchers. Why, yeah. Not, not separate. With, with the ass and as a money sign. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. The ass had the money sign. <laughs> yep. Just to, you know, bring in a little bit. Hmm, yeah, this looks right? interesting. Yeah. So. You know, trying to make money off uh, reanimating people. It's a good life, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mr. Bobby Still, the Tony Starks on the line one for Mr. Bobby Still. Peace. Starks, what's going on, baby? Yeah, everything is lovely over here. 
Yeah, no, the Ma Max Miller didn't show up yet. I'm over here with noodles and I got lucky hands with me. Yeah. Yeah, Great goes right in front of me right now. Great goes standing right here. Yeah, he has a briefcase. Okay. Okay, I got you. Alright, thanks. Bobby Stills. Uh, Mr. Greco, good to see you, good to see you, good pleasure. to see you. So is everything okay? Is everything working as we planned? Everything is working out very nicely. Do you have the cash, $20,000? So we have the cash. We don't have to talk. Hey, hey. Look, we got the cash. We know cash rules everything around this motherfucker. Um, let me ask you. you have the full amount, $20,000. Let me ask you a question, Mr. Greco. Do you know uh, Adon Rodriguez? Yeah. Don Rodriguez from the Bronx. Don Rodriguez. I don't know who you're talking about. Well, I think you do know him because your fucking friend Don is down at 120 Precinct right now singing his fucking ass up like a fucking bird. Life of a drug dealer. fucking guys is coming. You believe him? Killer Hills 10304. Restaurants on a stakeout, so order the food to take out. Chaos outside a Spark Steakhouse, maintain the power. I feel the deal's going sour, nigga, Mr. Wedding. Late a fucking half hour. And this man who bought land from Tony Starks while we was contracting Rick Land Jobs in City Parks, he's a loan shark. Pinches rates a grand to a finger in the garment districts. Got it sewn like singers. Is all I talk blasphemy, this kid after me for the heights in the Burlington Coat Factory. Fuck it. Turn states on my nigga Castro, this cold pilot. We used to drop right sacks of blow on this remote area. We labeled Dead Man's Island, 200 miles south from Thailand. Right off the docks, I got the curious custom made yachts. Burial plots for my niggas hit with fatal shots. There's no need for us to spray up the scene. I use less men, more powerful shit for my team. Like my man Muhammad from Afghanistan grew up in Iran. The nigga runs a neighborhood newsstand, a wild Middle Eastern. Bomb specialists initiated at 11 to be a terrorist. He set bombs and bottles of champagne. And when niggas popped the cork, niggas lost half their brains. Like his ex-worker tried to smuggle a half a key in his left leg. He even underwent surgery. They say his pirate limp gave him away as the feds rushed them, coming through U.S. Customs. Now look who's on the witness stand singing, a well-known soprano, a smash hit from Sammy Gravano. Here's the plan, minimum for the hit, 200 grand, half time at the game, blast the niggas out the stands. The sharpshooters hit the prosecutors, judges are sent, photographs of their wives taking baths along with briefcakes filled with 1.5, that's the bribe. Take it or commit suicide, first rule. Anyone who schemes on the goal in Syria, I want their small intestines ripped from the interior. I got a price for those Jews shipping freight cargo. Don't forget the launder the cream through Wells Fargo. Reconstruct those processing plants for the call of Costa Rica. 400 barrels of ether, 200 pounds of reefer, and 50 immigrants with fake visas. Life of a drug dealer. Killer Hills, 10304. The saga continues.
in so many faces But nothing compares to this blue and yellow purple hills I climbed the highest mountain Once or twice, but who's telling? But nothing compares to this blue and yellow purple hills Cause he doesn't hate the other shady brothers Ladies love us That's why our baby mothers love us But they hate each other They probably wanna take each other out and date each other Cause something, something, something
did I do? I told you once before your girl played hating on you. She played me close one too many times. I had to put it on her. She was so damn fine. I don't know what she told you, but I bounced upon her love one time. I took her to my house, laid her on the couch, slanted a frame, and threw her ass out. So what about the girl in the sixth Up until this moment, I just couldn't get you off my mind. 